You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. My guest this week is Jolie Gray, who is the founder of The Purpose Box. Jolie has an amazing story of just how she kind of took her love and passion for monthly subscription boxes and shopping and all that kind of fun, you know, seemingly frivolous stuff. But she had an idea. She had an idea to support companies that are making an impact on this world and have a give back component. But not only that, have all of the profits of that box go back and benefit either a family maybe working, um, raising money for an adoption or a nonprofit or some type of purpose. She really believed that she could make an impact through this subscription box. And so the purpose box is a quarterly subscription box that makes a positive impact on so many people, so many communities and, and highlights so many amazing brands. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jolie and I hope you enjoy learning more about the purpose box. Hi, Jolie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I was just saying before we started recording that uh, this is, it was like, uh, it was my fault, but I mean, I felt like it was like a little crazy trying to get this scheduled. And, And every time that happens, it always just means that it, when it happens, it was meant to be. Agreed. That's how I feel about lots of things like that. If it takes some work to get it going, it's probably worth it in the end. I know. I know. Exactly. Well, I have been so excited to connect with you. You and I actually got connected through um, one of my past guests, Lisa Moiseva from Globin. Right. How do you guys know each other? Well, we actually really don't. She reached out a while back about being in Purpose Box, and at the kind of close of her email, she said, by the way, do you know Molly Stillman, and do you listen to her podcast? And I said, no. And she was like, well, you should probably reach out because you'd be a great fit for the podcast. So I kind of looked it up and checked it out and um, did you know the old social media check out, look around. <laughs> yeah, the, sto- thought, the social you know, media stalking, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, you might be right. This looks like a very good fit. So then I've been kind of just watching and seeing and thought, looking at people you've had on to see if they're a fit. And um, so I don't actually know her. It was just one of those cool connections that worked out where she said that it might work and it did. Oh, so. that's awesome. Well, I love when stuff like that happens. Yes, me too. When people say that you can't, like network and make connections on the internet. I'm like, that is a lie. Oh, you can totally, yeah, you can totally make really awesome connections and network on the internet. Well, with that being said, we're going to get it all into purpose box, but first I want to get to know you. So give us the Jolie 101. So tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us your story. Okay. Um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We started dating when he was 15 and I was 16. Oh, funnier part of that story is we actually went out, you know, with air quotes in junior high, but I talked too much. And so he <laughs> broke up with me. Um, and if you were to ask him today, I still most definitely talk too much. Um, but it worked out. 
Um, so I've been married. We've been married almost eleven years, I guess. Um, and together for however many that is, a zillion. And we have one son who's six, and we are patiently waiting to adopt a baby sister. <gasps> That's uh, so exciting. So we're just kind of in the waiting mode of that. Um, we're just hanging out, waiting on that. In the meantime, we go to lots of Aggie football games. We play lots of baseball. We cook outside and hang out in our yard and try to do as much together as we can while we're still three and our son gets still gets lots of one-on-one time. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, so how long have you guys been in the process of pursuing adoption and are you guys doing domestic or international? We're pursuing domestic adoption. We, when I happened to come across something about it the other day on my personal blog, it appears as though we've been publicly talking about adopting for about four years. Oh, wow. Uh, We, have kind of an interesting dynamic because we have felt really called to wait on a phone call, mm-hmm. um, not to pursue an agency or CPS or any of those things, but to just be home study ready and wait on a phone call. And people always say, well, does that really happen? Well, it does. I mean, we've had a lot of phone calls. They just haven't been the phone call. Yeah. So we're just kind of waiting um, for that. So there's no real timeline, no real way to know anything. Um, So it's just kind of a waiting game at this point, which is kind of fun and exciting, but also kind of crazy because it is a reality that we could get a phone call tomorrow and then our whole life would be different with very little warning. Yeah. So it's a very interesting balance because you don't even have the pseudo control of like trying to get pregnant or, you know, turning all your papers into the agency or, you know, not that those things are any sort of control or you have any more timing feedback. Yeah. Um, But it just feels a little more like control or I think it would to me. Um, now, you said baby sister. So are you guys just looking to adopt a little girl or is it, you know? We are. We just feel as though it will be a girl when it's a fit, when it's yeah. a whatever. That's kind of what we've claimed and proclaimed and yeah. just spoken into. And we both, my husband and I and also our son, have all separate on separate occasions before anybody has said anything to anyone else all three come together and gone. So it'll probably be a girl. So. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love that. Well, congratulations. I realize that I'm congratulating you in advance because I am, as you said, I'm also speaking it into existence for you. And, and I just, I believe it's going to happen for you. Thank you. We're excited and just kind of expectantly waiting for whenever that might be. Yeah. Now, I, I realize this, this is a little off topic, but I'm just more curious. So what was it that made you guys pursue the domestic route versus international? And, and why did you guys feel like you were led to, rather than kind of going through an agency or CPS or anything like that, just kind of waiting on the call? What What was it? Honestly, every time that we have tried to pursue a consultants group or an agency or CPS or anything like that, we've just had giant doors slammed in our face that have reaffirmed our 
thought process on the we're supposed to wait on a phone call that's mm-hmm. and for some reason we both a long time ago even before we were actually talking about adopting just when it was kind of a seed um we both thought that it would be just a phone call kind of a situation and we actually thought it might happen before we were ready to do it or before we had really made a plan to do it or decided for sure we wanted to do it yeah um, we kind of thought it would be just this giant leap of faith out of left field. And we have just both really felt like that's how we were supposed to, to pursue it. Um, if it's even a pursuit at that point, because it's not, I mean, it's more of like a get as ready as you can yeah. and then wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, and I, you know, I really don't remember the initial, what made that, what it was. Um, we always knew we would do a private domestic adoption just because we, um, I don't really know. We have a good friend who does a lot of pro-life work and things like that. And I think for me, I've always had this really rosy vision of it's going to be this baby who was going to be aborted. And then the mom decided to choose life and heard about us and called and this beautiful, lovely, happy ending story that's all peaches and roses, which, you know, as we all know, is not exactly how adoption goes most of the time. Um, because there is heartbreak and trauma, regardless of how it goes down. Um, it's, you know, it's a separation of a birth mom and her baby. I mean, you know, it's never going to be, I mean, it is beautiful and wonderful and we're adopted into God's family and all of those things, but there's some trauma you know, to get you there. Yeah, for sure. So we, um, so I, you know, I don't know really where those things originated, I guess, because now it's been so long that we've really even been walking and I'm talking in them and they just keep being reaffirmed. Yeah. Um, So I think now, you know, if you were to say like, well, when was the most recent time that someone reaffirmed that this is what you were supposed to be doing? I could give you that, you know, because it was, it was a hard day where I said, Hey, we should try this. And we tried this and it went crumbling down and was awful. Um, (laughs) but you know, it's just one of those, I don't even know. We just, and I always kind of feel like when both of us are led one direction or the other, that's God going, Hey, here's your, you know, 80, 85%. Won't you walk in that until I send you somewhere else? Yep. So yep. that's yep. kind of how we approach it. I love that. Well, so tell me, so you said that you guys go to Aggie games. So I'm assuming you guys live in Texas. <laughs> we live in central Texas. We're actually about two and a half hours out of college station. Um, but we're there in the fall almost every weekend. We have season football tickets. And then like just this past weekend, we I took my son to Trevor Knight, did a football camp, um, which he's our exiting quarterback. Um, and so he did a football camp and I took him to that. And Friday night they had like their spring game with fireworks and food and all kind of stuff. So we went and did that. Um, it's a, it's a whole family thing for us. I'm certainly not being dragged to any football games. I want to be it. there as much or, or more as any of, of the rest of my family. Did you go to uh, Texas A&M? I did. I have my master's from there and my husband has his bachelor's from there. That's awesome. We are big North Carolina fans and we are recording this the day after the North Carolina Tornadoes won the national know. championship. No they big deal. Should. No big deal. So it's a, it's a, it's a good day in Chapel Hill. <laughs> 
Sure. Yes. That was some exciting stuff. Yeah. Now, so tell me how um, you got into doing the Purpose Box and, and, you know, everything that came, um, everything that kind of led you up to pursuing this and and where the business came from. And and tell us all about the Purpose Box and what it does. Okay. So about, I guess now we're at 2000. 14. I'm not good with years. I'm good with how many years ago-ish things were. Um, But I would say in about early 2014, because we had our second birthday this past July, um, I just felt like I was supposed to do something. And at that time, I was working from home doing marketing and social media management for some boutiques and small businesses and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I also bought a crazy amount of mail subscription boxes because it was just so fun for all these things to come in my mailbox every day, it seemed. Um, And it just kind of all culminated. We were headed back from the beach and my husband kind of knew I had been feeling out like, what could I do that's, you know, bigger than just managing these accounts for people and that gives back and that does something, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I was already kind of at the Tom's shoe school and I had bought a few things from noonday and 31 bits. And, you know, I mean, a couple of the bigger ones that you really know about and hear, um, you know, about, and I just kept kind of working on that and wrestling through it. And we were headed back from the beach one Sunday afternoon and we're about two and a half hours from there. Also, we're in a really good spot. We can get everywhere quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was just sitting in the passenger seat and I said, purpose box. And of course, Josh is like, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I kind of tell him, I'm like, so we'll do a mail subscription box with, that gives back. And as we kind of flesh it out, first I'm thinking like all the items will be stuff that gives back. Then I decide all the proceeds of the box should give to. And I toyed with some things like, should they all be adoption themed? Like everything in this box supports adoption. And then the featured purpose will be adoption as well. Or everything in this box supports, you know, getting people out of human trafficking. And then the featured purpose will be some kind of human trafficking as well. And as I kind of started looking at some stuff, that was just going to be really hard to do um, consistently. Mm Mm-hmm. I could have done it a box or two, but I would have been stuck after a little while. And so we kind of played around with it and looked around and we're all, we're still just talking as we drive home. And by the time I get home, I have an email address, an Instagram account, a Facebook page, a logo. I've made all this stuff on my phone and have it all kind of set up and going. And I've emailed some friends and told them, you know, about what I'm doing. And Hey, if you have some ideas, you know, about what businesses I could contact to get in a box, email me, you know, what you've got. And, um, so within, you know, a little while, a few days, probably I had a pretty good idea of what I was going to do with it. And we've stuck pretty close to the original idea to this point. So basically each box has items that I purchase from companies with a give back component. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned, you know, Tom's Noonday, things like that. People who are listening to your podcast obviously are no stranger to these businesses. So they yeah. have a give back component of some sort. And I'm not picky about if it's product, if it's money, if it's school time, you know, whatever it is, as long as it's not like, oh, we gave a, you know, dish towel 
to the kitchen ladies or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something of some substance. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a fair living wage, great. You know, that's, that's give back component right. for me. You know, if you're coming in somewhere and making their economy better, things like that. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, if you're funding your own personal adoption, yes, absolutely. If you're whatever it is, cancer, you know, somebody who's got medical bills and you're making or doing whatever. Um, so I'm not super picky on that as long as there is a give back component of some sort. Um, and then each box, so I purchase those and there's usually four to five items. I work more off value than number of items. Mm -hmm. So each box is going to have a value of at least $50. And then the featured purpose will get all of the proceeds off the box. So whatever we make, off the boxes after shipping and you know our boxes and supplies and all that um is then turned around and donated to whoever the featured purpose was so we've had several different adoption scenarios um one or we've had several that were just an adoption mm -hmm. then we had one that was a family who was at risk of losing their son because a birth father showed back up so they had some unexpected attorney fees um, we had one who was a family who had adopted a big sibling group and dad was working, you know, three and four jobs just to try to catch up with legal fees. And that one was actually really cool because it was her sister who submitted them to be in the box and they didn't know they were going to be in the box. So she ordered them one and shipped it. And when you get them, they have a postcard in the top mm -hmm. that has the featured purposes, name and story and a picture and everything. So she got the box at her front door, opens it, and they're right there wow. on the top. Um, so that's still one of my very favorite stories. And it was the second or third box. I mean, it was one of the very first ones. That's amazing. Um, but it's still my – I just love it. Um, I mean, we've done – we had a, some girls that – a girl here in the States was sponsoring their school and trying to get them a house and some things like that in um, – I want to say Kenya, but it's not Kenya. It's another one of those in that area. Um, you know, so all different, kind of a, a run of the gamut, all different things. And we just, I have just felt like, and people are always like, so you don't make any money? No, I don't make any money. I just, you know, I want other people to have the opportunity to be generous in a bigger way. You know, if I donate $5 to it, great, I donated $5. But if I tell you about it and you tell your friend about it and then we all, you know, exponentially grow, that's so much more exposure for these companies or these people or these businesses, whatever kind of organization yeah. it is. Um, so that's been the heart of it for me is to have it grow and to be more exposure for those groups. That's amazing, Julie. I mean, I just love that. This is something that you kind of, you took your love and just, you know, kind of passion for, you know, the subscription boxes and having something fun show up on your doorstep. And, uh, you know, and I mean, what they're, I mean, let's be honest, most women, we love getting mail and we love shopping. So, <laughs> but then you take that and you put heart in it and you put soul in it and you put a meaning and a story behind it and it does something so much more. And that's, I mean, that's obviously that's my passion is I love showing people and that you can you can live a purposeful life and you can work a purposeful job and you can do so many things 
that for a greater purpose, no matter what it is, no matter what profession you're in. And even because okay. so you have a day job outside of Purpose Box. Right. I do. I read this fall. I went back to teaching and I'm in a little private school um, teaching second and third grade and also high school English. Oh, well, so- I was a high school English teacher for a couple of years. I have a little bit of everything. Um, but yes. You know, so now that's been an interesting little addition to the mix because my time is quite different than when I was working from home and making my own schedule. Yeah. As far as getting stuff packed and out the door and um, things like that. But, you know, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so you guys have been, you started in 2014. Right. And so it's, and so it's been going since you said about July of that year is when the first box went out. July of that year is when we actually very first like started it. And I came up with the idea. We started shipping boxes January of 2015. That's awesome. So you're right at a little over two years now that you're shipping them. So, and they're bi-monthly and people can go. And now we actually moved to quarterly and I probably haven't updated that everywhere because um, I went back to work full time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've been like, oh, hi, folks. Sorry, I need a little bit of grace. Oh, yeah. Uh, But no, we actually moved to quarterly because what I found was as much as I try to find consumable items and things like that where it's not just tchotchkes sitting around on your dresser, people are still becoming more mindful about stuff. And I myself am very mindful of stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. like clutter. I don't like things sitting around. And so the more I looked at it and the more I was reflecting on how much stuff I was sending to people, um, I really felt like we needed to cut it back to once a quarter and have, you know, really kind of not necessarily beef up the boxes because they've always, I mean, again, they're off value and things like that. Um, But just make sure we're putting in things that are useful and novel Um, I try to include some sort of like food, coffee, tea, something like that um, in every box because that's something that will go away. It won't just sit on your shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to have things, you know, I mean, I try to be mindful. Like if I got this, would I use it or would I just want to throw it away? You know, Um, I try to pick things that you could gift easily so you could buy one you know say you bought the June box and you had three birthdays for your friends coming up well you just knocked out all of their birthdays for $40 yeah you know you can split it up and give it as little gifts or things like that um I love that's one thing that I love that been, way of thinking I just think you know and, and it becomes you can do things that are more seasonal and right Um, and so, you know, originally I had hoped I could send boxes every month and I had hoped that was the direction that we would move. Um, and just the more I, you know, kind of looked at it and went through it and thought about it, it just didn't make sense for the season I'm in for the season that people are in as a whole right now, I think, um, you know, the trend is just minimizing stuff. It's not buying more stuff, even if it's purposeful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, you know, I just really felt like that was a direction we needed to move and it had a good response. This was the first quarterly box that we had shipped was the March box. And then next will be June. Um, and so it'll, you know, focus a little more on kind of the seasonal stuff. We try to be 
you know, mindful of it. Like we did a spring weight sweater in the March box because, you know, that's something you could still, not sweater, scarf, because that's something you could still use and have out this time of year, but it wouldn't just sit around. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try to be, they're very much hand curated. I mean, I'm hands-on and playing with dollar amounts and shipping amounts and will this work and will this look good together in a, if people put it all together and yeah. will it be useful this time of year? Is this something you could do something with? Just things like that. So how, um, I'm just, I've always been fascinated by the logistics of subscription boxes. Um, and I know I'm probably not the only one. So when you decided to, to launch this proje- project, um, what, like, how did you go about kind of learning the legit, <laughs> how to work the logistics of this? Like, how did you market that first box? How did you approach these companies? I've just, you know, I'm really curious kind of about that process. We, um, first I, well, the biggest mistake that I made, I'm going to lead with that because it helped me learn a lot. Yeah. The biggest mistake that I made was I started with reaching out to companies that were too large. Mm -hmm. They were going to be too big for my market anyway, but way beyond my capacity, things like that. But also I, um, just realized that they were also able to replicate kind of some things I was thinking of and sharing and doing. So I, after I reined it in a little bit, I was dreaming big, but it wasn't at all the business way to do this. So after I kind of reined it in a little bit and started talking to companies that were more my size, my speed, what I was able to do at the time, I kind of just picked a number of boxes out of thin air. I started with 50 boxes because I felt like that was something I could pack myself. I felt like it was something I could find a way to sell out. I mean, my mom can buy 50 boxes if I get in a real bind, you know? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I had enough feedback by the time we started from July to January shipping boxes that I, I felt confident I could get 50 boxes gone pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and the, so what I ended up doing, because I also didn't have any sort of nest egg or, I mean, I was starting with nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, and I was going to work off a of zero balance because then once I sold these boxes, I was going to give it all away. Yeah. So working on a break even. So what happened was by the time I'm trying to purchase this stuff, I am kind of working backwards because I don't have any money to purchase it with. So that was another like lesson learned. So now what I have roundabout long story, really still long figured out is the best way for someone who's not working for profit, doesn't have an investment to start with, doesn't have, you know, a big company backing you, things like that. For us right now, what's working is to have people pre-order the boxes, then you know a quantity, you don't have to guess, you don't have to have leftovers, you don't have to go to your vendors and say, well, I might need 30, but I could need 85, you know? And then you kind of work backwards. So you start with the pre-order, order the stuff, come backwards. Obviously that's not how the big boxes work. That's not how whatever, um, but I also know that they're purchasing at a much smaller margin than I am because when I've reached out to some of these companies, they've been approached by companies who are then not concerned if they're making their donation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so I have really been mindful. I had a lady actually just a week or so ago who she emailed me and said, well, I lowered the price um, so that we would be in your price point, but we're not going to make the donation. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the point here. You know, I need you to be able to make your donation or else it's no longer meeting the requirements of being in the box. Yeah. So it's kind of a tricky balance and I didn't really answer your question. I don't know it all. Um, (laughs) I just keep doing trial and error and seeing what works for us. We did the whole like grow and just buy more, you know, and keep doing whatever. And we hit a plateau and it didn't work out well for a couple months. Um, and then when we backed up to pre-order, now we're back where it's flowing and it's good. The worst part of that is it takes a little longer to get it to the customer, which I don't like at all. I want them to be able to have their stuff soon. I mean, you spend your money and you want it soon. And I know that they are purchasing it because they want to give back and they want to do all those things. Yeah. But I mean, you're still spending your money. And so you want to have something in return for that. Yeah. Uh, so, so is it that you buy the products like at a basically like wholesale from these companies? I do. That's uh, it's, really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's and I always have people who contact me too and say like, "Hey, so what can I donate to your box?" And I'm like, "Nope, nope, you know, back up. That's not what we're doing." I've had one group that donated something, and it was because they were one of those companies that I reached out to before I knew what was really happening and yeah. was just kind of dreaming big. And they said, we can send you some samples, but we can't wholesale to anybody but this exclusive retailer that we work through, whatever. So that's been the only thing that's ever been just donated. Yeah. Uh, and I purchased enough of their products. I won't say who it is just because yeah. I'm not honest. But I purchased enough of their products on a regular basis that I, I totally feel like I've given back plenty. Yeah. <laughs> um, their, their purpose has been met from yes. our family. For sure. Um, <laughs> now, how do you go about finding the purpose for each box? So you said that now the, with the, the family that you had told the story about earlier, um, somebody had nominated them. So do you accept nominations? Like, is it just sort of each quarter you're looking for a new purpose or how does that work? So it's been different almost every time. Sometimes people just find me on Instagram and direct message me and say, hey, we want to be in a box. We have this or this or this going on. Um, typically I require that you have some sort of internet presence simply because number one, I need you to share that you're in the boxes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise your people aren't purchasing anything and your people aren't then hooked and purchasing the next box and so on and so on. Um, but also because I need to be able to have kind of a little teaser. So when I say, hey, the next box is on sale and it's benefiting Joy in the Journey Ministries, which is who our last box was for, yeah, people can go read about that and say, hey, I would really like to invest in that. Let me hop in on this shipment. you know. And I do have several of my good friends who purchase based on whether or not it's a featured purpose they want to support. You know, I mean... And so I need, I have to have that part, you know, just the internet presence. So one of my first questions to people is always, do you have a blog? Do you have a website? Do you share your story? You know, Instagram, public Facebook, whatever. Is there somewhere I can tag you where people can know what they're investing in? Right. Um, also, I try to 
not repeat the same things over and over and over again. I end up with a lot of adoption stuff just because that's the circles I'm in naturally. Um, My son also has type 1 diabetes, so I haven't, oddly enough, been approached by anybody about that. Um, But I did... I, you know, that's another one of those places I just am a lot. Um, so I have people from that realm. Um, we've done some of them, one of them, one, I think it was a friend that, um, they had lost a little girl when she was six days old. And the time she was in the hospital, that six days, they were able to stay in a NICU nesting suite. And I didn't realize that, but, um, my friend's husband is a musician. And so I actually read an article about it online and I approached her and said, Hey, I saw y'all are raising money for these NICU nesting suites. Would y'all be interested in being in a box? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a story that I see, um, that I reach out. Sometimes it's people nominating people. Sometimes it's a friend saying, Hey, you know, this is happening to my friend, husband, sister, you know, insert person here. Um, it's just happened lots of different ways. And sometimes it's people who have purchased a box for a long time. And then they say, Hey, you know, by the way, we have this going on. Would that be a fit? Yeah. Um, and I don't really have a solid formula for my yes or no's, which is probably not great, but I let my heart kind of lead that. Yeah. I can, I just feel like I can kind of tell by the way people approach or the way people ask, you know, if it's a genuine need or if it's something that would just be nice if there were a little extra money for, um, you know and I mean? We're not talking millions of dollars here. Like it's, you know, I mean, it's me working out of my living room, to get some boxes packed and shipped, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars usually, or, and sometimes upwards of a thousand, but it's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's more the heart behind it for me than the, you know, the actual monetary amount. I mean, I'm not ever going to raise as much, uh, not today going to raise as much money as this musician friend of mine's golf tournament did, Yeah, you know, but it was the heart of, Hey, can we be part of this? You know, can we step in and, and do this? And, and, you know, and just having that where other people know what it is and are able to do that. And sometimes it's people too, who they might have an internet presence, but they don't know really how to go about letting people know they need money for whatever it is. And I, that thing, you know, always kind of gets me when it's people who just don't have another way to have a fundraiser or know how to do that or how to get the exposure, you know, just to have that where it's thrown out there. The other thing too, though, to think about is that in addition to, you know, the featured purpose, you're also sharing and bringing a light to so many of these amazing companies and these amazing brands. And um, you're helping to further encourage people to, you know, what I would say, purchase with purpose and to support companies who are, treating their employees with kindness and um, paying a fair and living wage and providing dignified jobs. You know, there's just, there's so much more to it. It's just such a, it has such a bigger um, impact than I think, um, you know, even sort of that original intended purpose that you had. Right. And that's been one thing, you know, um, 
when you're only packing boxes every other month or every quarter, there's only so much you can share on Instagram. You know, I mean, I can't yeah. share the same picture of me packing boxes for three months while I wait to pack some more. Um, so that is one thing I share a lot of is other companies. And a lot of times they're not even companies who have been in the box. You know, I mean, they're just companies I purchased through. And I try to share about that. You know, one of my favorite companies is Cheeky, the that has paper goods and paper plates at Target. Yes, I love them. They feed, you know, they're feeding people, but that is the easiest switch out. When you're standing in the paper plate aisle at Target, spend the extra 50 cents to buy the Cheeky brand instead of the Up and Up brand and, you know, and people get food. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that to me is just not hard. And I have a lot of friends now who will either send me a message and say, hey, I just found this company. Do you know about them? Or say, hey, I was buying such and such, and there was a purchase with purpose alternative next to it. I went for that one. You know, thanks for the reminder, whatever. And so that has been a huge part of it mm-hmm. for me. Um, I try to stay, you know, either local or small business or, you know, purchase with purpose because I feel like local and small business also have that component simply because it's, you know, usually a family owned business or a couple of partners owning something, you know, and it has just a natural give back component because you're paying for somebody's dance lessons instead of somebody's, you know, penthouse suite somewhere. Yes, yes, Uh, yes, yes, yes. Girl preach, girl preach. (laughs) How did you originally um, kind of you know, I always ask this question because it's different for everybody. How did you sort of get into, you know, the sort of the purchase with purpose world, ethical fashion, fair trade? Like what was it that first that you learned about that first sparked that within you, sparked that passion within you? And, um, and where did it go from there? Um, I, the boutique that I worked for and did marketing for when my son was first born carried Tom's. And at the time, they were the awful wrap boots. I don't know that anybody even remembers them. I remember those, yeah. They were so bad. But that's what they were. And I was like, what is this? And then when the, like, regular shoes started coming out, I was like, these are still ugly, but they give shoes to a kid somewhere else. You know, I'll try a pair. And um, I probably couldn't tell you how many pairs of Toms I own now or count them on two hands, maybe not even my hands and feet. Um, And (laughs) it just kind of started me on like this thought process of if this is out here for shoes, what else is out there? Mm -hmm. You know, where else can I spend my same dollar, but have it do something else? Yep. Um, That was also about the time I started really shopping smaller stores and things like that. I mean, obviously, I still go to the grocery store and Target and things like that. I don't shop only the farmer's market. I don't have time. But, you know, I try to be conscientious of those things. And I really think that Tom's is where that all started. There were some other little piddly things I had that I actually didn't realize at the time had a give back component until later when I've now been looking for like, Oh, I need a, you know, whatever item, let me see what I can find that gives back. And then the company that I've already had something from will have some sort of give back component. I'm like, Oh, well, would you look at that? Um, but conscious, actual conscious shopping about it was Tom's shoes for sure. Where I started. 
I love that. That's so cool. And I, and a lot of people actually, I find that like Tom's was sort of their gateway brand (laughs) into because it was very funniest part of the whole Tom's thing. And I actually, I don't even know if I ever told this to them. So the very first featured purpose in purpose box, the Tom's rep who was the representative for our boutique, it was his family. Oh, that's that was so awesome. Future purpose for, and I didn't realize it. The girl that I worked, and I talked to him. I mean, I had done billing with him and done all this stuff. Um, I had, I it just never put it together. And the girl, the, she's a friend of mine too. She said, I didn't know you knew them outside of the shop. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, that's our Tom's rep. And I was like, I had no idea. Um, so it was just kind of a funny little small world, full circle moment when our actual Tom's rep was then a featured purpose in our box. That is so cool. That is so cool. So um, how can people find out more and go to pre-order the next purpose box? How can people find out more about you guys and... Um, and get in touch with you about either if they are, if you're listening right now and you are a purposeful brand and you would like to have maybe your item in the box, or if there is a purpose that you know of that you would want to have featured, Jolie, how can those people get in touch with you? Okay. So the very easiest way to get in touch with me is just purposebox at gmail.com because I'm way too lazy to set up my GoDaddy email and make that clean and nice. So <laughs> I just don't have time. And I like it. So- Real talk, uh, real talk. So, yes, real talk right there. Real talk. I have too many things to do to worry about my email address. Purposebox at gmail.com. I love so, it. That's the fastest way to get me. We're also on Instagram at Purposebox and Twitter at Purposebox. Our Facebook and website decided not to play nice. So we're www.mypurposebox.com. And Facebook is the same, facebook.com slash mypurposebox. Um, and we, I can, you can get me all of those ways and it doesn't matter which of those ways you try to contact us. They all come to me because we're a one man show for the time being. And, um, if you have, you know, if you have a brand or whatever that you want to do, there is a contact us link on the website as well. If you can't remember purposebox at gmail.com that you can (laughs) click. Um, to pre-order right now, there's no pre-order link up. It'll be up in May. Um, however, we also have what's called ready to ship boxes. So if your mom's birthday is in April and you think this would be a great birthday gift, you can jump on mypurposebox.com and click on a ready to ship box. And it will be a variety of items that we have had in previous boxes. And sometimes it's just something cool I found that had a give back component and what those boxes do as far as their featured purpose is they help us to kind of pad featured purposes we have had in the past that we felt like we really wanted to do more for or things like that. Um, so they let us kind of go back and give a little bit of extra cushion to those folks. Um, just, you know, as time goes by, we will have, we're working on what's going to be called the birthday box and it'll have a specific, um, I don't know if you know of the confetti foundation, but they do birthday parties for kids who are in hospitals mm-hmm. on their birthday. Mm-hmm. And my son was two days short of having that happen to him when he was very first diagnosed 
with type one. And I actually knew about the company prior to that, but now it's even more meaningful to me. Um, so the birthday box will be available, which will soon, which will also be a ready to ship box. And it, the only difference in it and the regular ready to ship will be that it'll be designated for the confetti foundation. Um, so those are available all the time. That is so cool. Well, Jolie, thank you so much for being on the show and for just sharing your heart. And you are just such a, I mean, there are very few people on this planet that can say like, yeah, I just decided to start this because I wanted to, I don't make any money off of it. I just want to make an impact on the world. And so you are um, just really inspiring. And I just, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with me and just talk a little bit more about your story and the Purpose Box. And I will be praying for you guys as you pursue this adoption. I'm so excited. Excited for you guys. All right. Thanks so much, Molly, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jolie. I loved hearing more of her story and finding more about why she started the Purpose Box and all that the Purpose Box is doing to make a positive impact on families and communities around the country. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into the show. If this is your first show, there are over 30 episodes in the archives that you can go back and listen to. And I would love if you would take a moment to subscribe to the show on iTunes and to leave us a review because that helps us just get the show out there. Also, be sure to use the hashtag business with purpose podcast on social media, and you can tag me at still being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are. And I would love to hear what you're liking and just share the show with a friend because that just means the world to me. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.